చాప్టర్ ఫార్టీ మంద్రాలోసనై వంద్యతేవన్ స్నాచ్డ్ అ మోమెంట్ విత్ ఆర్వార్ కడియాన్ ఆన్ దర్ వే టు ద మండపం ఐ కాంట్ గేజ్ హిజ్ హైనస్ ఎట్ ఆల్ హీ మామర్డ్ ప్లేంటివ్లీ దీస్ అన్ఎక్స్పెక్టెడ్ ఫైట్స్ వై ది అదర్ డే హీ రెసిల్ మీ టు ద గ్రౌండ్ వైల్ టుడే హీ ప్రాక్టికలీ ఫాస్ట్ అ స్వాట్ ఫైట్ ఆన్ మీ ద లీస్ట్ హీ కుడ్ హ్ డన్ ఇస్ గివెన్ మీ సమ్ నోటిస్ హీ గ్రౌండ్ దిస్ ఫ్రెండ్షిప్ ఇస్ ప్రూవింగ్ టు బీ ఫ్రాట్ విత్ డేంజర్ the prince who seemed to possess the years of a lynx sidled through the moving throng to join them indeed yes sir my friendship is likely to prove dangerous to anyone you might have guessed that yesterday i should think he added candidly if you have set your heart on a life of ease you'll need to stay at least 10 kadams from me that isn't precisely what i meant your highness i am willing to lay down my body heart and soul in your service when danger threatens but if you will insist on thrusting these quarrels i am surprised you haven't tumbled to the truth of his strategy tambi the vaishnavite interjected we were about to be accosted by an unknown armed cavalcade what better ruse to know their identity and buy some time to plan accordingly after all not many can resist the lure of a sword fight can they tirumala is right of course acknowledged the prince but there's another reason the truth is anyone who becomes my friend magically transforms into an instant target for the loathing and hatred of many it's my custom to inflict quarrels on those whose friendship i crave only those who don't mind these squabbles can stay with me for any length of time well in that case never mind waiting for you to start mine shall be the honor of quarreling with you henceforth by the way i your sister's envoy forgot to deliver another very important message and i should like to do it soon at once in fact vandyatevan hurried on of course if you have any objection and wish to take up your sword again then by all means <laughs> i don't let me know this precious message chuckled the prince a certain young woman was part of the audience during our sword fight she held a kumudam flower too you even mentioned that i had fallen for the lances in her eyes do you know who she is No, frankly, I didn't notice her all that well. I'm not in the habit of gawking at women. The message I'm about to deliver is from her, to tell the truth. And it simply slipped my mind. Well, why wouldn't it? Ever since our meeting, I've had only time to grapple with you in the streets and try to escape crumbling houses. Hence the lapse, and somehow, I never could find the right moment to tell you. But today, I happened to catch sight of her and remembered that I'd never passed on her message. That was when I faltered and you took the opportunity to beat down my sword and leave all that be. Now who's that girl and why on earth should she send me messages? She's Pungudaliya. A beautiful name, but completely unfamiliar to me I'm afraid. Do you at least recall Samudra Kumari? Samudra Kumari. Samudra Kumari. The prince mulled over the words. Doesn't ring a bell, I'm sorry to say. In fact, I don't even remember seeing her. Do try to cudgel your brain into dredging up the slightest memory. If you don't, it's certain to break her heart. Picture this. There you were in Kodikarai, awaiting the boat that would carry you to your ship. This young woman paddled ashore at that very moment in her boat all by her lonesome self. You watched her astonished. She approached your camp eager to know your identity and you turned to the lighthouse keeper. Who is this young lady you asked and he replied that she was his daughter his kumari 
Oh, you exclaimed at once. Is she now? Forgive me, for I believed her to be Samudra Kumari herself. The girl hasn't forgotten a word of that brief conversation. And frankly, it was with her help that I managed to cross the sea and set foot in Ilangai. Now that you mention it, I seem to retain a very hazy recollection of some such incident. But what on earth is the daughter of Kodikare's oceans doing in the vicinity of Anuradhapuram of all places? In the company of this regiment too? Or is she here on your account? Not at all. I can't even imagine her journeying all this way just for my sake. That simply doesn't make sense. If she's here on anyone's account, it has to be yours. But I'm afraid I couldn't guess the reason. Vandya Devan's eyes searched the crowd as he spoke, finally alighting on Pungurali, walking demurely by the Senadipati's side, head bowed. For all her meekness, he rather suspected that her attention was focused completely on the prince. All her senses were attuned to him and she kept flicking lightning looks in his direction out of the corner of her eyes. Instinct might have warned her perhaps that she was the subject of their discussion. Else there was no reason for her sudden newfound submissiveness, at complete variance with her usual confident demeanour. Ammama, could mere words do justice to her sparkling eyes? So restive, darting here, there, everywhere without a pause. The ruined mandabam, lacking a ceiling but compensated by beautifully sculpted pillars, was soon at hand. The disadvantages of a missing roof could be ignored somewhat due to the leafy branches of the surrounding trees that provided welcome shade. The tumbling structure was even supplied with a sort of raised platform in the centre, which proved a convenient seat for the prince, the Senadipati and Parthibendran. Vandyatevan and Arvarkadyan stood a little apart. Pungurali chose a pillar behind which she stood half-concealed but with a vantage point which allowed her to observe the prince and Vallavarayan closely. Warriors of the cavalcade ranged themselves in two rows around the mandapam, forming themselves into something approaching a tight, impenetrable viewgum. Horses and elephants formed a neat line beyond. What message from my elder brother and my grandfather? asked the prince of Parthibendran. I am eager to know everything. The Chora Empire is besieged by immense peril, your highness. Doubtless, you too are aware of this fact. I couldn't help but know this, Ayya. The Chakravarti is ill and abed. That, I'm afraid, is hardly the only danger that threatens. The Samrajyam as a whole is in dire straits. Those in a position to wield considerable authority have turned conspirators, spinning webs of deceit calculated to snare the Emperor, the Crown Prince and your own exalted self. They have decided all on their own that your elder brother shall be divested of his right as heir and further to place idiotically pious Madurandagan, that sly hypocritical cat with his clacking Rudraksham necklaces upon the Chora throne. The Paravetariya brothers, the Sambhavarayars, Irattaikudai Rajaliyar and Malapadi Malavarayar are some of the deceitful rogues who have ranged themselves on his side. We needn't fear that their pitiful efforts might come to fruition, however. The northern and southern Chora forces still acknowledge our suzerainty, not to mention the illustrious Tirukkoilur Miladurayar and Kodumbalur Periyavelar. Their unflinching loyalty and considerable resources combined with our armed forces shall trample these fragile webs of deceit within moments. And yet, it would be foolishness to waste too much time in planning strategy. That would turn out to be an advantage to our enemies. 
no our conspirators treachery ought to be nipped in the bud and that's why your highness you see me the bearer of imperative summons from your elder brother and your grandfather they wish you to come to kanchi without a moment's delay your grandfather thinks further that your brothers ought not to be separated at this point offering easy targets for your foes i should take further leave to reveal your brother's deepest desire it's never been his wish to barricade himself within a royal palace and rule from a capital he is practically straining at the leash to marshal a well armed navy travel to far flung countries and have the tiger flag fluttering atop their palaces ever since those wretched parvetarias scuttled his northern campaign by flinging every single obstacle they could lay their hands on his restlessness has grown by leaps and bounds his aggression and lust for war are now 10 times what they were once you arrive in kanchi a massive force shall descend on tanjay destroying the betrayers those treacherous leeches and when you have been crowned emperor good god no the prince who had been listening to this speech with the greatest respect and a flattering degree of attention clapped his palms over his ears don't pray don't speak such terrible words i and the chora throne have nothing to do with each other after all naturally the subject shall not be mentioned if it displeases you discussion about the succession is of course your brother's prerogative as it's yours an issue that may well be resolved between yourselves as siblings indeed it must be and yet destroying our foes is a subject that requires complete accord between your noble selves make preparations for a journey to kanchi at once we shall join hands to destroy the parvetarias the sambhavarayas and all their cohorts in one fell stroke it ought to be easy to dispatch that hypocritical shiva devotee to his much wanted heavenly abode as well and then well you and your brother may settle everything as you see fit finished parthibendran with a flourish and is all to be decided by just us aya came the prince's gentle question what about my father the chakravarti must we not know his opinions about these startling developments my brother might have received tidings from him a personal message of sorts regarding these issues perhaps you are aware of any such communication i see that there's nothing to be done but make a clean breast of things your highness there's no more point in prevarication or subterfuge to put it plainly there's simply no way of knowing your respected father's opinion the chakravarti can no longer call his soul his own and is a prisoner of the parvetarias none may seek a royal audience convey or receive messages without their express approval how then may one learn his opinion about anything your brother made every effort to bring him to kanchi to the extent of building an ornate golden palace and petitioned to him to perform the grah pravesham to honor his new home not that he received even an acknowledgement there is nothing new about the fact that my father is ill and unable to leave his bed must your honored father the most illustrious emperor of the three worlds journey to kanchi on foot your highness aren't there elephants and horses a plenty vehicles and carts enough to transport entire armies within our dominions pearl studded palanquins and golden chariots to carry the entire royal family wouldn't a hundred thousand chieftains and lords within these very borders fall all over themselves to shoulder your gracious sire where he wills but that my prince is not the reason for his inability to travel 
one may trace the root of all these evils to the Padve terriers. They have incarcerated his royal person. The Tanjay Palace is now but a lavish prison. Come, Your Highness, come with us. Parthibendran made a last impassioned plea. If you wish to save your beloved father's life. These emotional words, it was obvious, had their effect on the prince. That his heart was now in turmoil was apparent. For the first time since the conversation began, his radiant face fell. His countenance faded and worry settled itself between his shapely brows. Having spent some time lost in thought, he finally raised his head and looked straight at Bhudi Vikramakesari. Might I know your thoughts, Enadipadi? Chief Minister Aniruddha Brahmarayar was here a few days ago. As you know, a most trusted and valued confidant of my father and he counselled me to stay in Ilangai for a while. You, as I remember, agreed. In answer to my query of why I should twiddle my thumbs here in the absence of war, you put forward several theories and convinced me. You see the Vaishnavite over there? He has arrived with the same message from the chief minister. As for Ilayapirati, the prince paused, words can't do justice to my respect for her. My journey to Ilangai was, in fact, at her bidding. She has now communicated with me as well through this Vanar warrior. And to tell you the truth, there is not much of a difference between hers and Parthibendra's message. She, on the other hand, wishes me to come to Parayare, while my brother wants me in Kanchi at once. Your view, Senadipati? Until this morning, Your Highness, my considered opinion was that you ought to remain in Ilangai. In fact, I spent most of last night debating the issue furiously with Parthibendra. I may add in passing that his most impassioned arguments failed to convince me. But what this girl, the one that's standing right here, told me this very morning changed my mind instantly, admitted the commander. I now believe it imperative for you to leave for Kanchi at once. The prince's attention now turned to Pungurali, who had been gazing at him through the corner of her eyes, half concealed by the pillar. I've heard tales of Mahabharatam's Abhimanyu being massacred by several foes at once, he said to himself. But I seem to be in danger of being hacked to pieces by mere messages. Aloud, he asked, Well, what is this news of hers that has thrown everything and everyone into disarray? As to that, said the Velar, she can tell you herself. Pungurali took halting steps, emerging slowly from behind the pillar, and finally stood in front of the prince. Her gaze darted in all four directions, towards the Senadipati, Parthibendran, Vandyatevan and Arvarkadyan a little farther. But for some reason, her strangely uncooperative eyes simply refused to alight on the prince. Go on, girl, prompted the Senadipati. Quick now! Pungurali parted her lips in a vain bid to speak, but her throat, in most perverse fashion, refused to work. Oh no, murmured the prince. Has the whole world turned mute now? That was it. Pungurali raised her large, expressive eyes and gazed at him once, for the tiniest fraction of a second. But even that seemed too much. Those eyes began to well up with tears and trickle down her cheeks. The next instant, she flitted away, vanishing into the dense thicket of trees a little beyond. The assembled group frankly gaped at this bizarre spectacle. Vandyatevan, the first to gather his wits, took a quick step forward. This isn't the first time she's done something like this, Aya, he explained. 
she ran away from me once i followed and caught up with her allow me to do the same now do by all means but before that said the prince perhaps the senadipati might tell me the gist of her message that may be accomplished easily two words will suffice offered the senadipati at once warships the parvetarias have sent two of these massive vessels filled to the brim with soldiers they are anchored even now in a canal of the tondeiman river cunningly conceived and they are here the commander paused to take you prisoner